Well, much like, not exactly, but when musical artists were suing Napster, for example, everything was too available. There was no compensation for artists at the time. And now you've got prominent authors, including the author of Game of Thrones, George R.R. Martin, joining others and accusing ChatGPT of theft in a new lawsuit. And this could serve as quite a precedent for AI programs like ChatGPT by OpenAI, a certain precedent going forward. Garrett DeVink is a tech reporter with The Washington Post and joins us. Garrett, good to have you. Good to be here. Um, this it, it feels like it's been brewing for a while. There, there have been lawsuits filed by by authors previously, um, but now you're getting some more high profile authors on board. What does this signify? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting question because I think with these AI models, there's sort of two ways of looking at the world when it comes to them. Because you know they were trained on pretty much the entire internet, so these companies went, they scraped up news articles, they scraped up Wikipedia, they scraped up social media comments that you and I have made over the years on Reddit, on YouTube. And these argue, these authors argue they also scraped up pirated versions of their books. And they fed that all into their algorithm and out came ChatGPT. And so, you know, it's not just books, it's not just news articles, it's sort of everything on the internet, including, you know, stuff written by regular people who aren't professional writers. And so, the tech companies are saying, look, all we did is we went and, you know, we read what's available on the open internet and we use it to train a totally new product. Whereas the people who created this content, you know, it's not just authors, it's also Hollywood writers, it's journalists in some cases, it's musicians. They're saying, hold up, I don't remember checking a box saying just because I put something on the internet means that you can go and train a potentially very lucrative AI tool with it. And so that's really what this legal case is going to come down to and the other lawsuits as well. So the authors are asking for damages for the lost opportunity to license their works and for an injunction for OpenAI to stop using their work in 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 their mining of that data, like you mentioned. Um, does this put AI, if this lawsuit were, were to prevail, does this put AI a step back? Does that bring up the question of, is there just too much for it to know and there aren't enough regulations about it? Does, do those questions kind of come back up again? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult question to answer because I think, yes, if these companies were never allowed to do this in the first place, because they were never allowed to go and scrape the Internet to create these things, you know, we wouldn't have these tools. The, the, the very reason they work is because they've been fed on just so much data. They've, they've essentially read the entire Internet and that's how they sort of develop their understanding of the world and the ability to answer these questions that we feed them. However, now that the horse is sort of out of the barn, they've gone and created these things, maybe now they're going to say, okay, okay, we're sorry, we will pay you, George R. R. Martin, to use some of your books, we will pay the Hollywood studios to use some of the scripts. But because they've already developed the core technology, you know, maybe they don't need all that stuff anymore. And so I think there is this open question that no one really has an answer to of, you know, if these authors do prevail and the law says, hey, tech companies can no longer just take copyrighted works and feed it into their systems, you know, do they still even need to because they've kind of already gone and done it? Or are they going to have to un- unwind all their work and try from scratch to make these things, you know, while paying for the data? 
So I guess here's what I don't understand about this, and maybe you could you could uh, sh- shed some clarity on it. Are people going on to open uh, AI and chat GPT and saying, well, give me the first book of the Game of Thrones series? And is it is it writing it all out just as it is in the book? Or is it paraphrasing? Is it, is it an, a, an abridged version, if you will, or a Sparks Notes version? Um, or is it just utilizing the information that it knows? Because if it were me... Uh, right. And I wrote a book and it became incredibly successful and people just went on and said, well, write, write the book verbatim what it is. Um, and I wasn't getting compensated for it. I, I could understand that would make me pretty upset, too. What is their main gripe here? Yeah, so it's it's really difficult to get sort of a word for word copy out of these things, partly because, you know, the way they work is they sort of remix what they already know and spit it out slightly differently. But also the companies are quite clever and they build in guardrails to, at least for really popular works, make sure that their tools aren't, you know, exactly copying because they admit, you know, that would obviously be a problem for them if they were caught, you know, word for word spitting out copyrighted works. But I think what the authors are concerned about is that, you know, these tools were trained essentially how to become good writers by reading this really popular writing. And so even if it never fully copies word for word Game of Thrones, if OpenAI is able to, you know, use this tool to write a really good fantasy book that, you know, sort of has some of the same intrigue, the character development, you know, the the weird plot surprises that George R. R. Martin has come up with, you know, do we do we need him anymore, you know? And so there's this question of, you know, as a creator, you know, you put all this work into getting good at your craft. And then it was used to make this technology good at, you know, a similar craft. And is that going to start to replace us? And, you know, why didn't I get paid for that? Those, those are sort of where the anxiety is coming from, from these authors. So uh, you've got comedian Sarah Silverman in another lawsuit. Um, other authors have joined this as well, actors too. How does then this influence the, for example, the strike between the Writers Guild of America uh, and and SAG-AFTRA, what we're seeing out in Hollywood. How do these things mesh? Because, you know, AI is, is still a huge bone of contention in those negotiations and those talks. How, how do these kind of intertwine? Totally. I mean, I think if you start seeing judgments from court saying that what the AI companies have done is, you know, not allowed, that they should... Uh, compensate authors. I think that will really help the um, actors and the writers who are on strike because they want their their argument essentially is that you know their bosses, the production companies, companies like Netflix, Amazon Prime, shouldn't use AI to write scripts. They should only use use humans. And if they're going to use AI, they should make sure to run it past the humans to get compensation. <laughs> and what the companies want to do is they want to just be able to take everything that they already own that that humans have already written for them, feed it into an AI system. And then never have to use humans again. And, you know, the tech is not at that point yet, but it's feasible that in in the coming years, maybe it will get there. And so I think if the law comes down on the side of creators, of authors and musicians, that will just give much more ammunition to people to say to their bosses, whether it's, you know, a Hollywood writer or, you know, anyone doing regular work, look, like, I, as a human, provide this value and, and I don't want you to go use AI to replace me. And then that brings up the, the the question that we've seen, and we don't need to get into a political talk, but, but you know, the president has hosted the, the heads of a lot of these AI companies. Um, and, and that, I think, brings up the question then, should there be more regulations 
on this, of what these platforms should be capable of, or where are the guardrails? Where where can we we steer this in a proper direction? I, I, to me, that makes sense if there are rules and regulations that are uniform that they all have to follow in in the event of of you know avoiding situations like this. Yeah, I mean, and there's proposals to sort of you know find ways to kind of strengthen the copyright law so that AI companies can't use them. I mean, in some states, there's laws where, you know, for an athlete, for example, if a video game company wants to make like a basketball video game, they they have to pay the athlete to use their likeness. And so some politicians are suggesting that we make sort of a federal right to, you know, your likeness and and your, your output. And so that would apply to professionals and maybe even apply to regular people so that, you know, you're putting photos of yourself online, you're putting your comments into social media that some company isn't able to just scrape that and and use it in its in in its training data but you know regulation here in the u.s federally maybe a little less so on the state level depending on which state you live in it's it's a really difficult and onerous process and there's been all sorts of attempts to regulate the big tech companies over the last five years and most of those have fallen completely flat and i think there probably is a bit more consensus from everyone including the companies that they need regulation for ai no doubt. But, you know, it's still a big process to get it through Congress. So we'll have to see. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and, and the the way that these lawsuits prevail or, or they, they go forward again, I think it's going to create an interesting precedent and one that we're going to watch. Garrett DeVink, thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back for more here on JR Afternoon. We we do have Steve Courtney coming into studio, so we'll get you caught up on. I mean, look, we got another big weekend in football, so we'll talk about that next on JR Afternoon. Don't go anywhere.